Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now, here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of DigInTravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, this is Istok, and you're listening to episode 54 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. I know how hard it is for digital marketers to keep track of everything that's happening in the artificial intelligence and generative AI arena. Since we recorded last episode about this topic, I think it's been four months. And in this fast moving world of AI, four months is like four years. This is why I decided to check and chat again with my friend, partner and AI expert, Bustian Kozuch on our latest Digging Trail podcast. And we talked about biggest AI developments over the past few months and how, more importantly, how you can apply them in your day-to-day work. Bostian and I try to provide you with a helpful high-level overview of the AI landscape from the intense competition between tech giants like Google, Microsoft and OpenAI over who will build the next best generative AI model. But then we try to be practical And we talked about latest cool new features like advanced data analysis, vision capability, daily free and others in ChatGPT. As an airline digital marketing pro, I think you'll appreciate our practical examples of how these new AI capabilities can boost your productivity and creativity from writing codes to analyzing data to generating images and analyzing airline ads, digital marketing ads, and even creating, let's say, creatives for digital marketing ads. So tune in to get the inside scoop on the AI tools and techniques that will soon be part of your everyday workflow, if they are not already. Lastly, I have an announcement to make. We have a new podcast partner, company named Insider, And I cooperated a lot with them in the past. Insider partnered with us on our past research and airline digital masterclasses. And we wouldn't be able to record this podcast without support of our partners. So please check Insider at useinsider.com because they have some really cool solutions for airlines in the area of marketing, personalization and of course AI. Now, please enjoy the talk. Insider is trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic, to take their customer experiences to new heights. By focusing beyond rewards programs, airlines can finally deliver a unique experience per traveler. With Insider, marketing, e-commerce, and product teams can create personalized, connected customer experiences across any digital touchpoint to increase bookings, boost ancillary revenue, and drive higher customer loyalty. Visit useinsider.com to find out more. Hi, Bustian, and welcome back to the Digging Trail podcast. Hello, nice to be back. Yeah, so last chat we had, I had to check on the topic of AI and all these developments was in June, so only four months ago, 
but I would say in AI years, uh, AI timeline is like four years. Yeah, this were like in Stone Ages. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea today is, or in the future, to do this more regularly. So to, to catch up to the AI timeline and try to see what are the new developments, what's going on. So today we'll try to do a little bit quick big picture overview, what the, uh, the big time players are doing first. But then also, let's say, dig in in some of the more practical new developments and how are they applicable for airline, digital marketers, e-commerce people and other people. So, okay with the plan? Sure, let's go. So let's go. So you are one of the best people I know in terms of this, of AI, really all in uh, on all developments you are teaching CEOs, all the leaders about the AI, the new capabilities, the new developments. So if you look back at this, let's say, four-month period, in terms of big picture, in terms of AI race, what are the, let's say, biggest developments that you saw in this period? Well, first of all, it really has been um, a very intense race between all the players. Everybody is betting on AI, everybody is developing their core functionalities based on AI and everybody that has the capacity and capability is building large language models. And between the, the biggest players, there's a huge race who will build a better, bigger, um, better model that has more capabilities. And um, OpenAI with GPT-4 their model currently is still the best, but um, there are numerous news and hints that very soon Google will come up with a model called Gemini that will surpass it. And all the others are also working on that, building models, they say, up to 100 times better than GPT-4, and they should be available in the next, let's say, 12 to 24 months. Uh, the problem with this, is that we have very, very limited view on what this will actually bring, because the main, the main thing about large language models and this kind of AI is that they have so-called emerging capabilities. And emerging capabilities actually means that um, the capabilities arise without any prior evidence that they will arise. So it's not that um, they are bad at the beginning and then become better, but basically they just appear at a certain point. And when you're talking about key players, so as far as I see it, but I'm not as into it as you are in this list, a really big picture over you. So you have these like specialized players that emerge with uh, LLMs, large language models, like OpenAI, like the guys that build clothes and others. And then you have like the traditional tech giants like Google, Microsoft. So how is this? Are they even cooperating in some places or how is this, uh, let's say, landscape? Um, yeah, the landscape is really, really diverse and very connected. There are people moving from one company to another, <laughs> forming new companies, you know, backing, uh, backing new companies. So I would say the key players here are, are, are a combination of newcomers and old players but based from the same people. So OpenAI and Anthropic, um, also Inflection, maybe let's say are 
purely specialized in developing of this uh, these models. And then on the other hand, we have Google with huge efforts. Uh, we also have Meta with with a lot of open source um, models. And then we have players like Amazon, Microsoft, and others that are mostly connecting to to the big players and using their models on their platforms. So before we move to let's say more concrete, let, let, let's say practical cases that or practical advances that happened in the last let's say three four months and how airline people can use it at their work. One last question regarding the big picture, and it relates to the cases that we will discuss. So the practical examples. You were telling me before offline that some of these, let's say, practical cases that we see now, let's say, in ChatGPT might appear soon in the, let's say, more traditional workspace tools like Microsoft Office or Google Workspace. So this is where I see that it's going to be huge because now they are like limited to a special interface and only the people who know about this and are curious about this are testing it. But once, I don't know, all these examples that we will discuss discuss later come into Microsoft Office to Excel, to Word or whatever it will be called in the future, I think this is where the big boom will happen. Or am I mistaken? No, no, you're completely right. I think th this is the main, the main direction that we will have a lot, if not majority of, of these features integrated into software that we use on a daily basis. Um, probably there will always be a lag between like when new features occur and then when they're integrated. Um, but um, we need to we need to be aware that we will be using all these features, you know, with our tasks that we are working on um, in, in other tools. So Google already integrated the majority of these initial features that they have um, introduced with BART into their Google Workspace. And uh, Microsoft um, has promised that in November, they will start rolling out these features in Microsoft as well. I think the it is to be seen whether that will really happen so soon or not, because the, the problem that we currently have with, with these large language models is that they require a lot of compute power, big servers. And I imagine that if if all the features are at a sudden enabled in Office, that will you know cause a great burden on the server. So I, I'm not sure how the, this timeline will go, but this is the, definitely the direction we're going. Okay. So now I hope we don't scare people too much with uh, what the future and what these big picture changes are coming. But now I let's move. That, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I, I think, or I hope, this is not to scare people, but to basically inspire them and, and help them understand that we will have helpers. So things that we had to do ourselves so far, we were able to do with, uh, man, with the help of these co-pilots or assistants. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so let's say one of the biggest players, you said the best model probably out there is still GPT-4 and OpenAI. And there were a lot of changes that happened since we had our last podcast about this. And maybe let's do this in, in an interactive way. You'll tell me, because I tried some of the things, what are the, the big new things? And I'll tell you what I tried to do and how it's relevant to airline digital marketing or e-commerce. And you tell me if there, if, if there is more, what I'm missing. Okay, so let's start sure. with the first one. 
So I would say that there have definitely been a lot of new features. Some of them are completely new, some of them have been enhanced. But um, uh, I would say the first one, let's start with advanced data analysis. Okay. So advanced data analysis enables you to analyze the data directly in ChatGPT. Have you experimented with it? Uh, not with data, and I want to, uh, you give me a good, uh, let's say, airline-related case for that. I experimented because before, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was called Code Interpreter. So I'd use yes. it regularly to help me write my code when I do, let's say, advanced data science, R analysis. I use it to help me interpret the code and suggest me how to how to write a better code. So I would say for everybody who is either doing some programming or learning, I think this is a huge thing because it's it really simplifies or reduces all the Googling that you had to do before to find the proper examples and proper, let's say, uh, learning cases. Okay, so advanced data analysis now goes even one step further. So what you can do, and I hope the, the listeners will experiment with this, is you can give it data. The data can be um, a spreadsheet. It can also be a PDF and then instruct it to analyze the data. And the analysis range from a very simple analysis, like, you know, create me a sum of sales, for example, to very complex ones, like create a simulation or create a forecast. So from basic statistics to advanced data science models, plus visualizations. Yeah. So one example that I used, and I often use in trainings is, um, I downloaded the UNESCO um, UNESCO um, site list with all the coordinates and everything they have. And I just said to the ChatGPT, please create the interactive map for this. Show me the locations, color it by category. And it does a, a great job and it's it's very it's very useful thing to do. Yeah, I think one case that I did is, for example, when I did, this was airline case. So we did like some nice visualization, found a chart about some trends in uh, routes per airports. You upload the chart and say, okay, can you write me a code? You know, can you help me build my code? I don't know. I do it in R, but you could do it in some other tool. And like we said before, probably this is coming to Excel. So you will say, okay, you don't need to be like, a, because before building really complex charts in Excel, you had to be like quite advanced user in Excel to, to build that, or it wasn't even possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. But also in Excel, we will get, and we already can start using this now, we will get functions and features that are just helpful. So again, if you have a list of, of texts in, in Excel and you want to extract emails out of this text and the email obviously is not always at the end of the sentence. Now with, with the use of, of these AI powered functions, you just say extract email and that's it. Uh, but you don't need to worry about writing complex formulas. Okay, we started with the most geeky ones, so most uh, <laughs> data and programming one. So give me one more, let's say, uh, attractive to a marketing person. Okay, that one would definitely be the ability to see. Okay. So, so ChatGPT has a vision, uh, vision <laughs> capability. It can it can interpret and see images. Okay. Uh, I think that is more relatable for marketing people. Yes, and I can I can explain two cases that I did, and I was really impressed. So one case that I did, you can find it among my LinkedIn posts. So I uploaded like two or three different airline ads. I found it on Facebook. I think I did one from Brussels Air. And I said, just tell me what you see. 
and he explained that this is an ad for a route to New York with a price. And then I said, okay, can you analyze like how good in terms of copy, visuals, let's say persuasion techniques, this ad is. And this is when it goes back then to large language models and ChatGPT helped me analyze that and then also uh, helped me do improvement suggestions, like improvements for copy, for visuals and ads. And then I think we will go to the next uh, uh, feature when you can all put it, put this all together. Yeah, th those are really great, uh, great examples. And I really liked your article and actually used it in one presentation. <laughs> um, there, are, there are a lot of other use cases here as well. And uh, one case that I also um, often show, and if I translate it to the airline industries, if you take a photo of the aircraft cabin, for example, mm -hmm. and then you just ask it, is it clean? Is it not clean? So you can automate a lot of these kind of inspection things. Um, and you know there are multiple of other cases you can use. Yeah, one, one case again that I was impressed, and this is more like improving your, or let's say being more efficient in your work. So I was doing, let's say a proposal for one digital optimization analytics workshop. And I created this nice chart flow chart of each step. So we will start with pre-analysis with workshops and put it in a really nice flow chart. And then I said, okay, now I have to explain this all in written also, because it needs to be like a project documentation. So what I did is just uploaded that chart and say, again, explain what you see and try to explain it step by step in a language that, let's say, a digital marketing person would understand. And to be honest, I didn't expect much or let's say in terms of outputs, but the output that came out was like, I was really impressed. So it was like 85% of it. I, I had to change adapt like 10 or 15% uh, of it to how I wanted to look, how I wanted the language and the specifics, but in terms of explanation and then like really breaking down and written uh, like step-by-step -step plan, basically, that was to me like a wow moment. Yeah, I think this is a great, great case of where our tasks will be made easier. And I think documentation is one of those topics where we always struggle, where we always say, okay, we will do it. And then most of the times we don't do it. And, and now with this capability that not only large language models can summarize you know, the text, they can also look at, you said, at diagrams, at photos and, and explain what, what's happening there. So it, it's really a great addition, I think. Yeah. One, one thing now, if we move to the next feature, say the capability to see. So with uh, GPT-4 and visual analysis, this was like processing images. But there was one similar feature that was rolled out in the meantime, which was basically website and link analysis, which is basically not ability to see, but also see and process and read uh, websites, right? Yes, yes. I mean, that basically has been a core functionality from the beginning, because that is how all these models got their information. Um, but, you know, giving these kind of functionalities and features um, to the people, so putting it out there, it, it just creates new cases. And I'm always amazed when I look at all the cases people come up with is how much creativity there is. And I think this is one of the most important things that we always need to come back to and stress. It's yes, AI will help us work on tasks, but you know, if we won't be creative, if we won't have ideas what to do, then 
we won't be able to really use it to our full advantage. Yeah, and again, one use case that I saw, for example, and it's relevant for e-commerce people, for LM people is, okay, you just put a link of your landing page there and say, okay, again, tell me what you see and how you improve it. Or more straightforward case, an article, a long article, provide me a key summary, key highlights, key of the points. So this is something that you, I even use it for my articles, for example. Yeah. Sometimes we publish a long, we have a long form articles and I say, okay, can you find me, like, what are the the three things you would highlight for a LinkedIn post or a Twitter post or a social media post? So there is a lot of good cases, I think, where you can use that. Uh, do, did you see any other interesting implications or interesting cases? Well, I think the, the most straightforward case is having access to real-time information. So... We all know that, let's say, GPT at least has been trained on data until September 21, but this, they call it browse with Bing uh, feature, it, it allows us you know, to also interact with up-to-date data. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's very useful feature and you know, I use it for articles. I also sometimes use it you know, to, to research, to research the market. And you can't do that if you have all the information. Um, what I also do very often is I I um, go and summarize YouTube videos. I don't know, just enter the link for YouTube and say, okay, summarize what's happening. And even with these YouTube videos, and this goes back to how how creative we are or do we have ideas. It, the usage of YouTube transcriptions and summarization can also go in the direction of, of like, you know, asking ChatGPT, I remember that I saw a video some time ago, it was something about a TED talk. Um, and there was a guy on the, on the, on the stage talking about I don't know, kittens. Mm -hmm. uh, and then say, go and find me this, this YouTube and then summarize it. So mm -hmm. you don't necessarily, you know, have to give it direct URL. You can ask it indirectly. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice examples. Insider offers marketing and e-commerce teams in the airline industry the world's most comprehensive AI solutions for customer experience. Sirius AI, our patent-pending technology, which includes predictive, conversational, and generative AI, is proven to increase productivity, remove guesswork, and eliminate time-consuming repetitive tasks to boost profitability and increase efficiency by more than 60% trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic. Insider's AI solutions help take their customers' experience to new heights, deliver a unique experience per passenger on autopilot, and significantly increase ROI, bookings, ancillary revenue, and customer loyalty. What are you waiting for? Visit useinsider.com to find out more. Let's talk about the last one. So I think this is visually more, most impactful, especially for the creative people, for the, let's say, more creative part of marketing. So this is the, the, the Ali free, right? So explain a little yeah. bit how it happened and what it, what, it, what it can do for you. Yeah, so OpenAI has been developing a few different models. The most well-known, obviously, GPT, ChatGPT, but they have also been developing image generation models called DALI. Um, also, 
um, text-to-speech and speech-to-speech -speech models, uh, Whisper. Um, so what, what they did is they published a new version of this DALI model, DALI 3, that um, is, is very good, much better than previous version. And then they went on to integrate that directly in ChatGPT. So previously, you had to go to a separate tool. You had to you know, enter your prompt and you know, do whatever you wanted to do with those images. But now you can have a discussion about an image and generate it directly in ChatGPT. And that gives at least two, two big advantages. Obviously, the first one is you don't need to switch tools. But second one, I think even more important one is that um, because of this language understanding, ChatGPT can now really help you create a better prompt to create the image. And also it shows you how it improved the prompt so you can, you can learn how it thinks. So if you, for example, enter a prompt, um, create a, an image of an airplane um, at an You airport. can use the case that I did before. Like I said, I used the Visual 4 to analyze an ad by Brussels Airlines and say, how will it improve it? And then what I did with Dali Free is like, okay, now based on that, what you gave me, so you need to, I don't know, be it more uh, emotional, like uh, more inspirational, create this. You can put this as an input or a prompt to Dali Free, and they say, now create me this new visual proposal, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it creates a very good prompt. Um, the one that usually we would not be able to come up with, at least not at the beginning. So it also um, helps you in that way, not just by integrating two, two tools into, into one. The things that I see where it still struggles is with uh, when you try to put some uh, text on the, on the images. So when I say, okay, create me a nice visual for an airline ad for this audience with these highlights, with, I don't know, New York and uh, um, Empire State Building, in the background, this is all great. But then when I say, okay, put it like uh, flights to New York from, I don't know, from Brussels, this is where it struggles now. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and it's strange because it's so simple, right? It is simple for us, but you know, <laughs> it has always been the case that what seems simple to us is not simple to the machines. And in this image generation models in the past, like something. the first, <laughs> yes. Uh, in the past, like one of the big, Issues that now has almost been overcome was creating hands, for example, of people. So now image generators do that quite well. Now the challenge is the text. And the challenge here is, you know, what seems simple to us is because we always just put text on top yeah. and it looks fine. But uh, for image generators, that is like a, a part of the, of the image. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure this will be fixed very soon. But for now, if you want to, for me, like use it in a, like putting all this stuff together, there is still a hurdle, you know, because you analyze an, an existing image. It's very good providing you suggestions, feedback. You put this in a prompt to generate new image and then you want, okay, highlight this and I want this messaging on top of the image and this is where it, uh, it breaks down at the moment. But as I said, I expect this to be fixed like in very near future. Yeah, I, I think what what we need to be aware and I really like this um, this. Uh, saying that I found on, on the web is that we need to consider the current AI to be the most incapable AI that we will ever use. So everything that is a problem now will be solved. And that also means that we need to know AI and capabilities of the models today well enough that we know where the issue is. 
And if we know where the issue is, then we will be able to resolve it as soon as the new versions are released. Yeah. So, so it makes sense to, to keep a track on that. So now, if you just sum, uh, summarize like these new features that we said, so website link analysis, uh, advanced data analysis, uh, GPT Vision 4 for visual analysis and daily 3 for visual, visual generation generator. I think one of the key next steps that is happening at the moment is, like you said, putting this all together because now you had to use it as a separate, separate prompt, separate tools. But now connecting all this, analyze me a chart, create a code, add data, analyze data, create a visual, this is coming together, right? Yeah, so there has been um, a process in this. And as we mentioned, in the first step, we really had to use completely separate tools. So, for example, image generator and ChatGPT. Then in step two, we got a lot of these features directly in ChatGPT, but you still had to switch between different modules. And now what, Chet, what OpenAI started to release, um, and I, I hope that it will be available to all users in the next one to two weeks, is the capability that these modules, these features are completely seamless integrated into one single uh, interface. You don't need to switch between the image creation or advanced analysis. You just use it as as you go. Yeah, and I think that will be, a, as I said, another. It makes sense just putting it all together and Absolutely. another another huge step in productivity. Now, maybe at the end, one thing I'll give you two cases that I saw that airlines are doing. Like, what is their progress with this AI and building their own internal large language models tools? And maybe you can comment if this is what you see, because you talk to not only airline people, but other CEOs. You do, like I mentioned, workshops on teaching them how to manage this landscape, how to prepare, how to start. And you can comment if this is the trends that you see in other industries and also if there are any other implications. So I saw, for example, two weeks ago, uh, Luhansa Group Digital Hangar. So there's their digital unit of the Luhansa Group published that they did like... Uh, uh, they built like internal uh, chat GPT. Let me see how they call it. It's like uh, chat GPT at LHG. So it's like internal tool. And what I think what it does, it's like internal know-how processing internal information. And then it's, it can provide like an assistant um, to provide people with information, with internal information, you know? So it provides like instant answer to common questions, reducing wait times. It's secure, so conversation with their internal GPT is like strictly confidential. No data leaves the secure internal network. Uh, fact lookup, uh, personalized learning, tinkerabulation. So is this one of the main use cases that you see also in other industries, like building this internal secure, not uh, public uh, query tools? Yes, absolutely. Um, and as, as you mentioned, there are two aspects to this. One is privacy. Um, which can be managed this way, and also there are some other ways, but um, this is a, an important concern that needs to be addressed. And the other one is when it comes to actual content. Obviously, ChatGPT is a public, uh, public uh, tool. Chatbot does not have access to internal documents, and neither it, it should, obviously. So using these capabilities on, on internal knowledge to create some sort of a virtual assistant that is available 24-7, is always in a good mood, knows everything. This is a definite trend 
in majority of the companies that are thinking about using AI uh, currently. And there are a few things that need to be resolved in this process. And not all answers actually can, can be completely answered. But one thing is like, how do we do it? And then also, which models do we want to use? You know, if we think back at the beginning of this discussion, we talked about how many different models there are. So the, these questions are, are quite difficult to answer and, and need thorough investigation. And then it also can go from internal to external. And this is the second case that I want to give you, and maybe you can comment. So I saw Eurowings Digital. So again, part of the bigger Lufthansa group, they had a hackathon and they built like uh, a solution that's called Issue Aggregator Pro, which is basically what they say, powerful issue management and prioritization tool that centralizes user issues from multiple sources. So basically what people, users are saying on emails, chat, inbox, user feedback, and then it utilizes a predictive regression model to automatically prioritize issues based on their potential impact in urgency. So if I understand correctly, they made a tool, integrated LLM to process customer feedback on external channels and internal, like emails, what they're getting, but then if we connect with what they say in prior case, they could also arm customer service people with the tool that process their internal, let's say manuals, past issue uh, resolution, so they can do this uh, to boost productivity. So let's say customer agents can be faster in providing feedback and things like that. Yes, exactly. So when you build an internal bot, an internal model, definitely then you can decide which parts of this model you want to make available to the outside public. It can be either in the call center to help the agents. It can also be in the form of the, of the chatbot on the website. It doesn't really matter, but it's your decision which, which part of the data. Obviously, you want to expose, let's say, summaries of the, of the, of the meetings, but a specific set of data and instructions um, definitely um, can be used in that way. I remember another case, and it's coming not from an airline, but a co company that provides solutions to airlines and uh, our new and next podcast sponsor. So the company called Insider, which provides like digital marketing and personalization platforms. And I'm not saying <laughs> these examples because they are the new sponsor, but it's a reason why we cooperate because I really think they will do, they do a lot of innovative new stuff. So it's like implementing this things that we said before, like productivity boosts like uh, to your workplace. So before, for example, with the personalization tool, a digital marketer had to build rules for audience, like in more classical SQL query, like language, you say, okay, select this audience with this character, you know, like building a select or SQL, uh, SQL queries. But now what I see, what they did is like just, you're talking to the tool, to their personalization platform. Say, okay, you write like plain language or even speech. Just build me, build me an audience of look-alike people in Germany that, uh, I don't know, reach this landing page. And the tool, their internal tool will translate it to their language and build like an audience, which I think was a great example. Yeah, I agree. And there are two aspects to this. One is obviously that now you can talk to the tool in, in natural language, which is obviously easier. And the second one is that with AI, what we are doing in the, in the area of, let's say, automation 
is that we are moving away from rule-based systems where we had to define all the possible rules based on our knowledge and experience to, to an area where AI based on their you know, AI's own patterns, recognition and own learning can help us with that. So I think this is like two, two these are two steps that are really um, important steps. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what's happening for me personally. My initial reaction was probably very human-like. So, as I said, I, I think I mentioned this, maybe even mentioned this case in some of the prior podcasts. But like I said, I invested so much into learning R, coding, doing data science, and then all of a sudden this machine can do it for me, so it will replace me. But then after you start playing with it, after you go to this initial fear and barrier, I think for people that are curious, it's so much better because now I can do things that I would struggle or I would, I don't know, spend plenty hours of trying to figure out. Now I have this awesome assistant that can help me. But you still need to have the knowledge. You need to have the curiosity. You need to know how to use it. It's like giving you like this really advanced tool. But again, you need to, you need, it's just a tool. You need to know how to put it in practice. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think we need to think about these tools not as in a way that they will replace us, but that they will empower us. They will give us more time to think about ideas, to test different ideas, to, to be creative, to, to come up with completely new stuff. So I think it's a very interesting and exciting times ahead. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more features like this. So if we do this, hopefully not in four months, hopefully before the next episode, I will challenge you then. So this is like now, if you look at the period, short term period, let's say one, two, three, four months, what are you expecting the next big thing to be? Well, that's a, that's a <laughs> million dollar question. As I was mentioning, definitely we're expecting uh, Google to come up with their Gemini. Mm -hmm. We're expecting this rollout into Office, uh, more features in Google Workspace as well. And then also we're expecting that um, that Apple will come into the play, like empowering their Siri with, with large language model capabilities and similar. And um, yeah, I think there's just more integration of these features in everyday products like Meta is doing now, integrating in WhatsApp and Instagram and all the other platforms that they have. Um, but when it comes to capabilities, what what will happen, we we really do not know. We, we believe that there will be better and more capabilities, but I think the listeners will have to wait for our next episode to see what really happened. Yeah. Hopefully they will wait and uh, they will want to listen so we can digest everything that happened. Uh, thanks, Bustian. This was awesome. Thank you. As always, thank you for collecting all this information, learning all this information, processing. You're like my uh, GPT for AI, so for <laughs> AI news. So I, I see a lot of stuff, but then I see, I see like partial information, try to use it. But when I want to put it in big picture and try to... To, to ask somebody about this, uh, that's uh, good to have somebody uh, who is really invested in this so much. Yeah, I'm actually using the AI to help me collect in this. And uh, oh. I counted yesterday. <laughs> um, since, since July, there have been around 500 different updates. Not all of them were huge updates, but like 
it's really happening really fast and it's quite overwhelming at some point. So I think these kind of discussions where we kind of try to digest what's happening are quite helpful. Okay. Thank you. And we'll do this, I think, my promise is that faster than in four months. So I, I, that, that is my promise and I hope we stick to it. Okay. Looking forward to it. Insider offers marketing and e-commerce teams in the airline industry the world's most comprehensive AI solutions for customer experience. Sirius AI, our patent-pending technology, which includes predictive, conversational, and generative AI, is proven to increase productivity, remove guesswork, and eliminate time-consuming repetitive tasks to boost profitability and increase efficiency by more than 60% trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic. Insider's AI solutions help take their customers' experience to new heights, deliver a unique experience per passenger on autopilot, and significantly increase ROI, bookings, ancillary revenue, and customer loyalty. What are you waiting for? Visit useinsider.com to find out more.